0: have a timeout decide not to use a curry wait on
1: What is up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Scotty Talks NBA Mondays. I am live tonight, as I am all every Monday during the NBA season. We are one week closer to regular season of basketball. I am accompanied by a very special guest, my man, Quincy Hicks. You guys can follow him on Twitter, at Q underscore Hicks three. He is part of a big Q&E uh, podcast also started the media group which I'm gonna let Quincy definitely elaborate on that a little bit as we get started here. Um, before we dive in Quincy I do have to get my ad read in money, get <laughs> <the money. laughs> um, as you guys know this uh, podcast is brought to you by DSM media. you can find us on Twitter at DSM underscore media um, on the Twitter page you'll find the link tree that's where you can find us on all the pl- all the podcast platforms. You can find our YouTube page um, as well as our uh, merch site. So definitely be sure to check that out. As far as my partners over at Manscaped, do have to let you know, DSM Media is brought to you by Manscaped, who is the best in men's below-the-waist grooming. Manscaped offers precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. Manscaped just launched their fourth-generation trimmer, the Lawnmower 4.0. You heard that right, the 4.0. Join over 2 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped with this exclusive offer for you. 20% off and free worldwide shipping using the code DSM at manscaped.com. Manscaped engineered the ultimate groin and body trimmer by focusing on intelligent functionality and an incredibly comfortable grooming experience. Their fourth generation trimmer features a cutting edge ceramic blade to reduce grooming accidents thanks to their advanced skin safe technology. This upgraded trimmer includes a multi function on and off switch that can engage a travel lock It also gives you the ability to turn the 4,000K LED spotlight on and off when needed for a more precise shave. And did I mention the wireless charging? The new wireless charging system uses electromagnetic induction, which can help with battery length lasting longer. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code DSM at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com using the code DSM. Unlock your confidence and always use the right tools for the job with Manscaped, your balls will certainly thank you. With that being said, let's get into the content today. <laughs> As I said earlier, my man Quincy from the Q&E podcast is joining us today. We're going to get into some Miami Heat talk. Uh Quincy, you know, stays on top of the Miami Heat coverage. Yes there.
0: sir. You know, I got the gold on me. I got the
1: gold <laughs> on me. Yeah, I got the gold got on, this, on me, bro. You already know it. The Dwayne, Wade, the Dwayne Wade merch on. So I'm happy to get Quincy on here. Quincy, I'm gonna let you plug yourself right now. I know you got a lot going on. You get into the TV reviews, you get into social uh, conversations, what's going on around the world. Let let my followers, let my listeners know what you got going on over at Q&E Media.
0: For sure, man. Like Scotty said, my name is Quincy Hicks and I do a podcast called the Q&A Podcast with my co-host Edgar Martin, where we talk about sports, current events, like uh, Scotty said, social injustices, man, a lot going on in that type of realm. Anything that's going down in the culture and also film and show reviews. Uh, we talking about Squid Game this week. We talking about Venom. We talked about Snowfall in the past. We just got done reviewing Raising Canaan. And we just started our Q&E Media uh, LLC, and we have a website for that now. And shout out to our brothers, uh, Make It Home Safe. We are also a partner with them. And if anybody wants to join, we got articles, podcasts, reactions going down on the site right now. So if anybody wants to join, we would love for you to be a part of the team. And we are growing. We're trying to grow together. We're trying to get to the top like everybody is in this um, in this growing and rapid industry. So definitely uh, be a part of that. So follow us on Instagram at Q-A-N-D-E podcast and Q-A-N-D-E media. And Twitter is Q-E podcast one and Q-E media for the uh, media page. But, yeah, appreciate you having me on, though, bro. Emily of course, man, show.
1: of course. We've been we've been connecting from from the jump. It feels like, you know, as far as each of us kind of getting started. And, uh, you know, I've gotten the chance to see you with uh, Edgar over at the Q&E pod, see y'all grow, see everything that you're branching out into. And, uh, of course, I love and respect what you're doing. So I'll, I'll definitely put you up on a pedestal any way I can, my man. For sure. Man. Um, so, yeah, let's let's get into it. Um, we're going to talk some Miami Heat tonight as my man Quincy. You can see he's very excited. He's ready to get <laughs> to the NBA. I'm ready for the NBA regular season as well. You know, I got the Eagles hat on. We got a dub yesterday. Uh, <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> for it's sure. a little suspect in Philadelphia as far as the sports world right now. So I kind of need the Sixers back, they got their whole their whole drama, soap opera going on with Ben Simmons. But we'll talk some, some Miami Heat. So the first thing I wanted to kind of let you get off your chest, I don't know how you felt about it, but first thoughts, you know, looking back on last season, the opportunity that you had, and ultimately what the result, Um, can, you know, the result that actually happened versus what your expectations were. How, how are you feeling after last season going into this one?
0: Last year was a situation where I was disappointed, but I wasn't surprised losing to the Bucs. The Bucs just had way more talent than us. And I know a lot of people were excited going into the series that we were going to beat the Bucs for the second year in a row, but it just wasn't the case. The Heat weren't playing well going into the playoffs. And also we lost Oladipo going into that run. Y'all know we had made that trade for a lot of our death, which was uh, Kelly Olynyk, Bradley, and I think a second-round pick. So those don't sound like big names, but they were playing big minutes for us. So losing Oladipo, who was supposed to be a big contributor, uh, contributor would like really mess that whole situation up so when we get that get swept in the, the first round like I can't be too surprised was I surprised that we got swept yes but not really at the same time like the Bucks just look like, look like a whole different team Giannis was motivated Drew Holiday once he started hitting shots there's nothing that you can do about the Bucks team so I wasn't surprised honestly man but I definitely was disappointed
1: yeah, and I, th- I think you, you kind of hit it on the head there. Like, the surprise wasn't maybe that you lost. Like, obviously, the Bucks ended up winning the NBA championship. So, like, you lost to the NBA champions. It's not that big of a deal. Um, But it's just the fact that you got swept. I feel like that's what kind of got everybody, you know, caught off guard. And it was kind of after that first game, it kind of unrailed, un, un, you know, unrailed there Um, as far as, you know, just keeping it competitive. But it's, it seemed like the injuries – uh, guys getting overused, overworked. You know, Jimmy Butler um, kind of dealt with injuries last season, so it, it it was not as much of a surprise that you lost, but more of a surprise that you got swept and couldn't get a game in there. But
0: and did and did you see the post recently that were posted like this past week about how the the finals two years ago was only a year ago, like last week some type of statistic like that. like Yeah. That was, like two seasons ago, that finals was when we were in the finals against the Lakers. Like, so that was a big problem too. We didn't have any rest going into it. We only had like exactly. 60 days or something like that. So we were playing like, the whole like whole season bro like non-stop exactly. so that was a big issue especially when your best players like run out of gas like that tyler hero wasn't the same player that he yeah. was in that rookie season we really seen everything unravel so after that first game we played against the bucks where that game went down to the stretch i felt like they came back in games two and three it was like we really can't match up against the team yeah the mentality that you're supposed to have no but that felt like the disk, Like we just don't have enough, bro.
1: We just yeah, can't. like it's not, it's not working. It's not going to work right now. Like mm-hmm. we can't, we can't push ourselves because, like that, that was the thing. You, you hit it on the head. You had that extended playoff series against the Lakers into the NBA Finals, and then you coming back like a month later to start the NBA regular season. And you saw, you know, the Lakers dealt with their fair share of injuries as well, just to kind of prove that point even further. And even the Celtics and um, Denver. Yeah, Celtics and Denver as well, who were right there in the thick of it, um, you know, dealt with injuries down the stretch this season. And it was across the board. But, you know, just that condensed season in, in general is just kind of weird. The one thing that I'm looking at, you know, coming into this season, we'll get to Kyle Lowry because that's one of the obvious additions to, oh, the, sure. to the Miami Heat. But um, I thought, you know, adding a guy like P.J. Tucker, who was part of that Milwaukee team that, you know, went and won the championship this year. He brings, like, a, a special kind of toughness. Obviously, he brings 3 and D as well, but it's more of his leadership and just that physical presence that he provides for a team. I thought that that's kind of what y'all were missing last year. Obviously, you still had, like, the, the guys like Jimmy Butler, Bam, these guys that are solid defensively, but you didn't have, like, that that goon, right? Like like a Jay Crowder from the year before. Exactly.
0: Like, that's what exactly. it seemed like
1: Miami was missing this past season, um, just to kind of hold it all together. And uh, I thought adding P.J. Tucker to the mix there is just a perfect replacement. He fills that void. Obviously, he's not as great of a scorer, but he's still going to provide the same type of impact. He won't need to provide as much as uh, a Jay Crowder once needed to. And that's um, been a
0: problem for a long time, like that four position, because like you said, we have Jimmy, we have Bam, like we had exactly. guards, we had Robinson, we had Hero, but we've never really had a four. Like in the past, we tried to get, get uh, Marcus Morris's and other players to fill that. Even last season, we tried to get Bielitsa, but Bielitsa really isn't yeah. a stretch four, and he's not really tough like that. So we really miss Jay Crowder, even though Jay Crowder isn't like a big name. He was somebody who was integral to that finals team. So losing him was a big deal. And it's funny because we signed Myers Leonard to a $10 million deal when he ended up getting traded for saying some racing shit during the <laughs> middle of the season. So he got paid 10 million a year and Jay Crowder got paid 10 million a year. So we signed Leonard over Jay Crowder. What are we doing here? I didn't understand it at all.
1: <laughs> nah, that That is not the move. And and you mentioned Jay Crowder. He goes to Phoenix and they go to the NBA finals. Like it just kind of shows you, but you also mentioned um, the Morris brothers, but the other Morris brother, you guys did pick up Markeith Morris, who another guy that brings that toughness. He does bring a shooting, uh, you know, a scoring ability there as well. Um, what are your thoughts on all the pieces that the Miami Heat have been able to add, but then specifically Kyle Lowry, the big addition, the the all-star point guard, potentially, you know, down the stretch, who knows where his, his career could lead as far as Hall of Fame, uh, whatever the case may be. Um, But a top-tier point guard in, in his own right in the NBA this day and age. What are your thoughts on that addition and then the overall additions across the board?
0: Do you know why I'm most excited for Kyle Lowry? It's because Bam has not played with a real point guard his entire career. Yeah over his three four year career he's had Jimmy Butler as his point guard he probably had I think d way over a couple of years stretch and he had dragage as well but he's never had an elite level point guard until this year. So Bam has played de facto point guard for the Miami Heat for ever since he really started to play real center minutes for us. So he doesn't have to have that on his shoulders anymore. He can just really catch lobs, shoot the little mid ranges and really focus on scoring buckets. He doesn't have to worry about playmaking as much. And that's going to be big for his stats and also for his playmaking or for his all-star chances as well. He doesn't have to worry as much. And I think that's something to talk about with Jimmy Butler too. Jimmy Butler had to play de facto point guard a lot last year. He doesn't have to worry about that anymore. He can just focus on scoring. I think that was the problem for the Heat last year because I remember for a stretch, uh, Jimmy was like in MVP talks because he was really being aggressive. But sometimes Jimmy can be ultra aggressive and then he'll just play like Draymond. He'll just try to get everybody else involved. But I think having somebody like Kyle Lowry, we can just tell Jimmy, just score buckets, bro. That's all we need to do is score, 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 score. Yeah. All we need you to score. We have a true facilitator now, somebody who can knock down shots, who most likely going to be in the Hall of Fame, the greatest rapper all, Raptor of all time. Just let him handle the playmaking. Y'all can be secondary playmakers, but you guys don't have to focus on that as much. And I think that will enhance their games this season. And we already have Duncan Robinson, one of the best shooters, P.J. Tucker yeah. from the corner. Hopefully he hits more than he did hit last year. <laughs> as long as he's in that 33 to 35% range, I'm good. Yeah. But as long as he's in that range, I'm good. But we have one of the best starting fives, I think, in the league, especially yeah. defensively. But as long as everybody comes together, Jimmy is aggressive, Bam is aggressive, we're going to be great this year. Exciting team.
1: Yeah, yeah, no. And I, and I totally agree with you. Um, just on everything you said there, like – the biggest thing for Kyle Lowry for me um, in the Miami Heat, and when I'm looking at it, and don't get me wrong, as a Sixers fan, I was looking, I wanted the Sixers to get Kyle Lowry. Like I, it, it made too much sense. Same thing. We have never had a real point guard, which is a, a whole side conversation. <laughs> we have never had a real point guard that, on one end. Can facilitate like you said, but then on the other hand, can shoot the shoot the damn basketball. So he can defend, was, bro. High yeah, level. and he can defend. He he he's one of the one of those guys that draws a lot of charges in the league. He's one of the best at that, if not the best. And uh, the other thing that he brings to the Miami Heat that I'm just so intrigued for the Miami Heat is just his leadership. He's already been to the big dance. He's already won the big dance. Obviously, you got Pat Riley in the building. You got Eric Spoelstra. You got Udonis Haslam still there. But you you did lose Dwayne Wade, who was kind of that, that catalyst that was there during those huge runs um, with LeBron, with Shaq down the stretch. Um, now you get Kyle Lowry, who does have championship experience. He does have deep playoff experience. To add to Jimmy Butler, what he's already bringing, he's been to the finals uh, now in his career, Bam out of bio, so on so forth. But just that effect that that can have on everybody else. And the other thing that I love about it is just the effect that it can have on Tyler Hero. Giving him somebody who is kind of a polar opposite as far as what their their strengths are, right? Like obviously they both can shoot, they both can play make, they can handle the ball, but Kyle Lowry brings a physicality to the game. He brings a toughness, a defensive mind to it, um, and a true point guard sense to it. Not saying you want to convert Tyler Hero to a point guard. But just giving yeah. him more flexibility, more experience to <laughs> pass on to him, right? Like, create a tougher player. He gives him more yep. people to learn from. So, and I guess that – And that was one of our
0: problems last yeah. year. Like, I feel like we would have had a better season if Hero was really on his A game. But we tried to start the season off last year with Tyler playing the point. Tyler is not a point. He's never been a point in his entire career. But we tried to convert him to a point because he had a good playoff run. But it's just really not his game. But I think in this six-man role, like, we don't have drawage anymore. So the second unit is going to be his. Like, bro, you can play make and you can do what you do best and just score whenever you want to, bro. Just get your buckets. And that's why I look at Hero so highly this year. Because even though he has improved and he looks way more comfortable on the court, he just way more free at the same time. He doesn't have to look to for anybody else for shots. Like, I know I'm the guy now. On this second unit, I'm going to get my shots. I know I'm going to get my shots. And that's why he looked so good earlier in this preseason. And that's why I have him in my six-man-of-the-year conversation right now. Him and Jordan Poole are probably my top two right now, especially yeah. looking at early preseason.
1: Yeah, no, no. And I love those picks. Um, you look at here last year. Is as, as much as it was talked about that he struggled, he still averaged 15 points per game. And five and three that tells
0: you a lot about how know I mean three
1: yeah. three assists a, three and a half assists a game. So if those are like his basement numbers, that's not a terrible thing in reality. Um <laughs> uh, he's, he's still gonna be a great player. I, I've never been on like the hero hate train, I, I don't understand it. Um I guess the next question kind of feeding off of that. So you think the Tyler Hero is gonna be the sixth man. Who is your starting lineup for this squad? Because it's something that has been kind of talked about. I haven't caught the preseason games, so maybe that gives a hint at who they're looking at. Um, in your eyes, who would you start if you're if you're the Miami Heat?
0: Lowry, Duncan Robinson, Jimmy Butler, PJ Tucker, Bam Adebayo, definitely oh, my five. Yeah. Defensively, that's going to be your best five. I know a lot of people want Oladipo to come back and take Robinson out of that lineup so it can be like elite defensive. But yeah. Nah, like, I want, I want Duncan Robinson in my lineup. Robinson I don't care ball. how much of a liability he is. He's the best shooter, and that's definitely yeah. going to spread out everybody on the uh, offensive side of the ball. So definitely that lineup.
1: Got you. So that, that makes a ton of sense. And then Tyler Hero and Victor Oladipo off the bench. You did it's lose, funny. guys. And Go ahead. Oh, yeah. Go.
0: Okay. Yeah, I was going to say, I don't know how much I'm trusting Victor this season. Like, I know a lot of people are, in the Heat fan base at least, are banking on Oladipo to get back to, like, the form that we've seen with the Thunder or uh, yeah. whatever he was before the Pacer days. But I think Oladipo high-key cook man. After all these injuries so? over the past three years, like, how – I think it would be just unrealistic to say that he'll give you more than uh, role-player production. I don't know how much he's going to give you. Even when he played last year for the Heat, something just didn't look right. He just didn't yeah. fit with the team. So maybe something will be different when he comes off the bench with Hero. Maybe something will be different. But I think after all these entries, they're kind of adding up because he's not even the same athletic beast that he used to be. Yeah. He's but he came into the league as an athletic freak. He doesn't yeah. athletic anymore. He can shoot. And, so his game has expanded, but he's and that asleep.
1: was kind of, that was going to be my question is like, what is Oladipo's game now? Like it, it feels like we've been, it's been so long since we've seen him consistently play basketball to where we don't even know what player he is now. And maybe he's just been putting in work. Maybe he will come back and, and light the world on fire, but I'm with you. That It's just kind of, it's kind of awkward. And, it was kind of like you guys just fell into bringing him back cuz yeah, I guess you just didn't have really, you know, much else to work with. But mm. at the end of the day, it's not it's a good risk to take, in my opinion. Sure. But, you know, the, the upside is going to be better than the downside. And that yeah, that's
0: the veteran man. So I wasn't tripping on bringing him back. But the expectations for a lot of fans was, oh, we're going to get this old depot from Pacers days. And it's just like you really need to lower <laughs> your expectations of what we are getting here because he's not going to be a player. You just throw in the starting lineup like he's somebody who has to get acclimated to the second unit because I don't think he's that guy.
1: Exactly, and and if he can be a piece to the bench, then that's that's really all you need from him. In reality, oh, sure. looking at this roster, um, so we we touched on Bam Adebayo earlier um, in the show here, My and man. I kind of wanted to to circle back to that because uh, you know I I don't know I, I guess over this last year I I finally gained a multitude of respect for Bam Adebayo and his game, um, and I was probably late to the party. I'm not gonna lie. To I was you. about to say what was holding you back from Bam. Um, it was honestly the, the offensive ability that was what was ultimately holding me back. And as I watched Miami a little bit more closely last year after their finals appearance and watching him throughout that, that finals trip in the, in the bubble there um, just seeing him grow, but then carrying it on into this following season, just seeing everything that he can do. Um, not only offensively because offensively he's very talented, Yeah, yeah. but even defensively being able to guard guards like that's, that's an incredible feat when you're talking about a power forward center type of uh, player here. So my question to you: um, you're you're gonna know you're gonna have way more in depth knowledge on Bam Adebayo and kind of his growth over the last few years than I would. What can he do to solidify himself as a top three center with those guys like Jokic, like Embiid? And I guess a, a side question would be: do you think that he has already reached that level that he is in the top three?
0: I don't want to come off as biased, but I already think he's there because what he can do on both sides of the ball. Because, yes, I do think he's behind Jokic and Embiid, but I, Gobert cannot guard one through five, and Gobert yeah. does not have the offensive game like him. And Karl-Anthony Towns has the offensive game, but he cannot guard like Bam. So Bam yeah. has the entire package. So Bam was our point guard last year. He averaged, what, 19-9-5 nine, a season ago? Yeah. And that was without a point guard. He was our de facto point guard. Yeah, All I want... To Bam, for Bam to solidify himself as a top three uh, center, all he has to do is consistently knock down the 15 to 18 footer. That's it. I don't even care. I don't want Bam to get a three because I don't want him to get comfortable with shooting the three. As long as Bam gets the mid ranges, because the Bucks were giving to giving it to him last year, he just didn't want to take them. And I think that was kind of um, a regression for him because throughout the season he was taking the mid range shots and he was getting yeah. them. So yeah. it was like when we see that series and Burt Lopez was giving him the shots, like why are you not taking the shots? Like why are you forcing layups when you have the open jump, jumper? Yeah. So the consistency with the, the 15 to 18 footer, just the growth with that because he has the the, the entire package. He has the yeah. athleticism. He has the jump hook. He has the, the layups, the dunk package. All he has to have is the, the little jumper because defensively he has everything you want in the center. Yeah.
1: No, no. And I totally agree. And, you know, I did my my top five positional rankings last week uh, with El Parcero, who was my guest last week. And I did. I had Bam Adebayo as my third-ranked center. Um, and, and that's why I wanted to pose the question to you that way, um, just to see where you were at already with your confidence in Bam. I think everybody else just needs to kind of catch up at this point, kind of like I did over the last year or so, um, as far as catching up to Bam's actual talent level. You, you hit it on the head. The dude is a freak athlete. He makes crazy blocks, but then he'll go and guard somebody on the perimeter. Um, he's another guy that I thought should have been mentioned more in that, you know, Defensive Player of the Year combo last season with Ben Simmons, with Rudy Gobert. You mentioned that he's ultimately a better defensive player than Rudy Gobert. He he is. Can, he's more versatile. <laughs> he can guard more players. So at that point, what is Rudy Gobert better than Bam at at all? You know what I mean? In, in reality um so it, I, I do think you know the national media has a has a little bit of catching up to do with bam out of bio there and
0: I think it was that playoff series too though Scotty because that playoff where everybody's watching you you don't perform I mean the whole team didn't perform but bam had open looks and he didn't take them yeah like he really started last year so when when the national media sees you do that everybody has to take a step back at that point even though the heat fan base and a lot of people like yourself still believe in bam that performance was not a good look We know Bam is better than that. We know he'll come back better this season, but that wasn't a good look, and that's why everybody had to take a step back. Like, oh, is Bam really that guy? Because the whole season he looked like a different player, and that series it was just like we don't even know this Bam.
1: (laughs) (laughs) It's that Ben Simmons effect, bro. (laughs) I swear, I swear. To a lesser extent, though, like don't get me twisted, but (laughs) um, no, Bam, Bam is 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 a OK in my book, bro. Um, I do got him as a top three center already. Hopefully, hopefully you can prove us right this year. Uh that's what I would say with that. Um so let's get to the point of the Miami Heat this year, right? Like with these additions, with you know the growth expected by Tyler Hero to kind of get back to that shape, get a little bit better than he was even in his first year, um Bam Adebayo to kind of instill that consistent gameplay throughout the playoffs, throughout the entire season, are the Miami Heat real contenders? Do you think that they're up there with the, the Brooklyn Nets, the Milwaukee Bucks, the L.A. Lakers, um, down the line of contenders uh, in the world here. Do you think the Miami Heat can compete with those teams for a title? And then my other question would be, what is one concern that you have going into this season with the Miami Heat, um, just as far as what could happen and how this could play out?
0: And this is why I rank the Heat a little bit lower than a lot of people would because I have them ranked probably fourth or fifth in my Eastern Conference right now because I think they will be better toward the end of the season than they will at the beginning of the season. I think they will have things to work out and the biggest concern will be the lack of depth. After Tyler Hero, we have Max Struess, who is a a developmental player right now. Then you have Detman. Like after those eight players are starting five and then those three, it's a lot of question marks. You said Markeith Morris, I don't know how much I trust Markeith Morris. He's a tough player, but his shot hasn't really been hitting in a long time. And then after Markeith Morris, it's a lot of development. Like we have Marcus Garrett, who we picked up on a two-way. We have Omar Yurtseven. But after those players, it's like, who are we really having? So we have a tight eight-man rotation. So that will be kind of a, a, a question mark throughout the season, will be the Miami Heat depth. But I do think the buyout market will be our best friend.
1: No, being cry, the, yeah. yeah,
0: being that the Brooklyn Nets have all of their fifteen roster spots taken up, and they have a loaded squad, they don't need to pick up nobody else. <laughs> Nets don't need to pick up nobody else. They have enough. They have enough. And the Lakers, they have enough as well. They got. Think they got all their fifteen. We will. We will most likely be the destination, a team yeah. that can contend with those teams and will be right there at the at the finish line. I think Miami Heat will be the, the destination. So we have an eight man rotation right now, a tight one, but I think we will add. I don't know who those players will be, but I do think we will add. And yeah. I don't think this will be the same team we're seeing right now.
1: Yeah, no. And that's, that's a great point. I was going to point that out as well. You know, it, you, you're saying you got an eight solidified, you know, rotation right now. Once the buyout, once the trade deadline comes around, you're going to have more options there. You're going to see players that you didn't really expect to be available. Exactly. <laughs> and uh, you saw it last year with guys like uh, LaMarcus Aldridge, Blake Griffin, those type of guys. So, they will. They will be feeding right in. I'm actually jealous as a Philadelphia market and a Philadelphia fan. <laughs> the Miami, the LA's, even the New Yorks—they are just all ahead of us. Um, and and I swear, all those those players get flooded to those three teams, uh, those three or four teams in those cities. Um, so you do believe that he could be contenders. I I do believe as well. I think I'm I'm with you. I do have the Heat to be you know transparent. I have them as the third seed right now. It could change. Oh, I was kind of
0: battling on that. I was like third to five. Like, I don't yeah, know. Yeah. The, third I really see. the third
1: to five is yeah. kind of scrambled. Now, I don't know who you have in your third to five. Just yet. Yeah, when get to right that next. But um, the three to five gets really scrambled in there. And it's hard to choose because you're looking at some teams that are just unfinished products as well. So that's that's the other side of it. Um but, yeah, I do think that Heat, as far as the experience they're bringing, you you add Kyle Lowry to a core of Bam and Jimmy, um, and then you mix in guys like Duncan, Tyler Hero, that can just shoot the ball, space the floor. It's it's going to be an interesting season for the Miami Heat, so I'll, I'll definitely keep my eye on you guys throughout the season and uh, definitely put you right up there in the contenders, Mark. So let's get to the Eastern Conference. We got some uh, rankings to go through. We're just going to go through each team that you think is going to make the Eastern Conference uh, playoff bracket here and the interesting thing about the east as i was going through this last week is that it feels like the east is not that that underdog anymore i feel like they got some quality talent quality young talent in the east for sure um that is is really growing and sprouting out right now um so i'm gonna go ahead and read you my eight before i just we'll kind of go through yours individually so for my top eight in the eastern conference i got the brooklyn nets number one milwaukee bucks number two Miami Heat, number three. I do have the 76ers, number four. Me too. That's with a huge question mark, though. It's with a huge question mark because I'm not sleeping on Atlanta. And Atlanta is my number five there. Um, Boston Celtics at number six for me. This is where it kind of gets scrambled for me, honestly, at the seven through, like, ten. So I, I have the Indiana Pacers in there at seven. And then I do have the New York Knicks at number eight been kind of switching back and forth between putting Chicago at that 8 seed um but either way if it played out this way they would meet in the uh play in tournament anyways um that being said do you want to go through yours maybe 8 to 1 or you want to go 1 to 8 oh,
0: yeah. cuz um i have basically the same list as yours man i have the nets bucks um I honestly had the Heat at three, man, but I've been switching all day between yeah. six and heat. It's, it's honestly, like you said, it's the question mark with the Sixers. Is, is Ben Simmons going to come back? Because I honestly don't think Ben Simmons is coming back. I yeah. heard reports earlier today that they're trying to work something out, but I don't think that's an actual return that yeah. they're talking about. I think it's him just trying to get his money so he doesn't lose any money type of thing. I still think they're trying to work out on a, on a trade. So I have the Nets, Bucks, Heat, Sixers with Simmons, but I have the Hawks at five. I have the Bulls at six. I'm really impressed with the Bulls early in the preseason. I know it's preseason, but I I like their style of play right now. I have the Celtics at seven, the Knicks at eight, and I have the Hornets and the Wizards at nine and ten. Interesting.
1: So you moved the Pacers all the way out out of there. And I I can't blame you because I think one of the teams that I was sleeping on, and I I really think it was because I forgot about Spencer Demwitty, but uh, the Washington Wizards, they actually stacked up some talent there. They were very – one-dimensional last season when we when the Sixers specifically played them in the playoffs, it's like once you shut down Bradley Beal, they they fall apart. Like it's, mm-hmm. it's kind of ridiculous. But um Spencer Dinwiddie is is slept on. It'll be interesting to see how he comes back from the injury. But my my guess is that he's going to come back and still and be. The
0: I really think who's is going to have a good. Who's year this well, year. I was
1: sleeping I on think that going to have a good year
0: this year? I think that that Lakers trade in the moment. It was just like, ah, oh, the Wizards ain't get enough for us. But I think they got a lot of good pieces with Montrez Harrell. You got yeah. Kuzma. I forgot who else was in that deal, but they got some core pieces that you can actually work with and can get you around that play-in or playoff range. So uh, I wouldn't be surprised at all.
1: Yeah, and and you talk about you're adding those guys to guys like you know Bertrand's and and uh, Rui Hachimura, who actually really stepped up in the playoffs last season. I was actually really surprised and but happy to see that from him. Um, We mentioned the Atlanta Hawks, and that's kind of a team that I wanted to talk with you about. Obviously, I have some sore spots from the Atlanta Hawks myself um, getting getting knocked out in the playoffs, but ultimately it just created greater respect for that team and what they're doing there. Um, And the crazy thing about the Atlanta Hawks in their run last year was that they did not have DeAndre Hunter. They did not have uh, Cam Reddish for the most part he came back uh later in the playoffs just for one series i feel like um and then you had the growth of guys like kevin horder um Bogdanovich. i mean that that dude was was killing us as well um but kevin horder specifically like, was murdered in the Sixers. i don't know. <laughs> that that shit was crazy i don't i don't know what happened in the, in that series bro but like we had nothing for that man um do they still got Danilo gallinari i, I think they Yep, kept, they still got like, gallinari man. So he's another tough one. And then, of course, Capella. That, that screen and roll with, uh, you know, Trey Young and Clint Capella, I don't – we'll see it, how the the foul rule changes. I was just about him. to ask
0: you about that. How do you think that will
1: affect Trey? If he's as great as we think he is, then he'll be able to adjust. He'll be able to, you know, kind of stop playing without that. Because a lot of the times, honestly, bro, I, I think that he could make some of those shots if he didn't even try to Mm. jump back into somebody like if he just goes straight up for the shot i think he would make a lot more of them as well but it's going to be interesting because without that rule, it is literally unstoppable to you know when he's coming around that screen if he just stops and you run into him it's literally unstoppable and then you have clint capella a high flying center just dive into the rim um we we, and then on top of it john collins guys like that so (laughs) That
0: shit. <laughs> yeah. Man, they, got a, they got a young squad. So yeah, they, awesome. got a, they got a squad, yeah, bro. They right. got a, and this is what I want to say about the young teams in the Eastern Conference because the Hornets kind of surprised us last year, earlier in the season yeah. before the LaMelo ball injury. They were like fourth, fifth seed in the East. They were really looking good. And the Knicks as well. Knicks ended up getting the fifth seed. I yeah. think for those young teams, we're going to see like a more so a regression to like what they really are. They all still are young teams at the end of the day. Y'all still got to grow. Yeah. And all of these older teams are more healthy this year and ready to go after the short and off season. So I think it's going to be a regression, a, a regression for those two. But for the Hawks, I think they're still going to be in that conversation, that upper Estelon conversation. Like they have the talent yeah. to be up there. They have one of the best coaches in the NBA with Nate McMillan. Yeah. Other than that foul, that foul change, I don't know what else is stopping this team. I honestly don't, because I really want to see how it uh, affects Trey. Like, is he really going to get frustrated? Because if he gets frustrated, like, he's the engine to the machine. So if the engine is messed up, how does that affect everybody else on the court? So I want to see how he reacts to early in the season to the no foul calls.
1: No, I I totally agree there. And uh, they're going to be a team to keep an eye on throughout the season. I think you know now they kind of got like I, I won't say a target on their back because they're not the Nets or the Bucks. Just We're yet. not
0: surprised yeah. with them though.
1: Yeah, you're not gonna be surprised by the Hawks anymore. They started out real slow last year, made the coaching change, and turned into one, if not the best team, uh, throughout the reg uh, the rest of the regular season there. So no surprises with the Atlanta Hawks anymore. Um, to be honest with you, that was like kind of my fighting. It's like, how can I not put the Hawks ahead of the Sixers? <laughs> like, I, uh, you know, I, I don't know, bro. I, part of the Sixers thing with me is if they do trade Ben Simmons, I, I truly believe that just simply putting in a point guard that can shoot or will shoot just changes the whole dynamic of the team in general. Like, I, you, you know me from last season. I was a big Ben supporter. I. You know, still thought that him and Joel B could fit together, play together. Um, but, no, I, I just don't see it anymore. I'm, I'm off that train. I want him – I do want him gone. Um, but it's just all about what you get in return. I've seen, like, the rumors of the, like, Levert and Brogdon for Ben Simmons. I don't know how truthful that is. I don't know if the, they actually it got doesn't that make offer
0: from the Man. Indiana perspective, it doesn't make sense. It because doesn't, win. It doesn't make sense. Like, you're trading away your two best guards for Ben Simmons. You're going to have a front court of Simmons, Sabonis, and Miles Turner with limited shooting around them. It wouldn't make sense for the Pacers.
1: <laughs> no, I, I totally agree with you. And, and the crazy part is, and we'll get to this in a little while with the Simmons, trade, uh, with the Simmons talk, but there's Sixers fans saying that they would not accept that.
0: Oh, no, I would accept that in a heartbeat.
1: <laughs> I would I'm accept like,
0: that in a heartbeat, bro. I'm so
1: confused. That like, is that just the casual NBA fan? Is that, like, part of it? Like, did they just don't see who Brogdon and Levert are? They're not household names? Like, is that part of it? Because if you look, even if you're just a box score checker, right, you can look at their box score and see these are both <laughs> guys that average over 20 points a game. Like, I yeah, I didn't understand that. I Specifically, Karis Levert. If we could bring this dude in, oh, my God. Like. If, if if they could just
0: get Karis Levert, they'll be fine. Honestly, yes. because I'm somebody who's high on Karis Levert, man. So from I his do. Brooklyn Nets days, from Michigan days, I've been high on Karis Levert. So I was happy when it. he got out of the Nets where he could actually have his own team. But if he was to get with the Sixers, oh, boy, <laughs> it's going to be some trouble for the league because you have yes. an actual guard to run alongside uh, Joel Embiid now. You still got Seth Curry and you still got Tobias Harris and you still got Tyrese Maxey. Like now they become a real problem. And I'm not even talking about Brogdon. Yeah, (laughs) I know. I know. I think think those two players are right there. They're not all stars, but they're the tier like underneath it. Like that 30 to 35 range best players in the league. I have them that high. Like Brogdon was in the conversation to be an all-star last season. Yeah, And we just seen how good he is. I think Karis LeVert is in that conversation. I think both of them guys are great, man.
1: Yeah, which is, you know, to that point, that's kind of why I have the Indiana Pacers where they are at right now. Um, I think with those the, – the biggest thing with the Indiana Pacers is health. You exactly. need both of those guys to stay healthy. You need T.J. Warren to stay healthy, and then you got Sabonis. You need Miles Turner to stay healthy. But when I'm looking at that starting five, like that's a very good starting five when you're talking about Malcolm Brogdon – Karis LeVert, T.J. Warren, Sabonis, Miles Turner—all guys that complement themselves well. Sabonis is one of the more slept-on power forwards in the league, and great, great playmaker at that position as well. So that's why I kind of got the Indiana Pacers where they are. But to your point, it's it's health—that's the biggest thing here. And the East is not—it's not like this walk-in in in the park anymore. Exactly, part of the problem as well. Cause you, you mentioned like the Hornets, LaMelo ball a full season, a full off season with this squad. They added some guys to the mix, but you still have Terry Rozier, Gordon Hayward coming back. You have PJ Washington, guys like that. Miles Bridges, who took some steps last year. Mm-hmm. So they're another young team that, you know, I, I know I don't have them in my top eight, but they would definitely be in my play in and potentially knock one of these teams out. Um, but it's all about how far can LaMelo grow. Like, what is what is his second year ceiling right like how good can he be in his second season Can
0: it get any better? Like, even from the three-point line, and a lot of people said that was his weakness, he shot well from the three-point line as well. (laughs) So it's like he has the floater. He has Defensively, he was stepping in the passing lane, so you would want to see him become a better on-ball defender. But off-ball, he's just like his brother. Off-ball, they're stepping in front of passing lanes. They're getting the layup. Um, When it comes to passing, when it comes to rebounding, he has it all. So it's just uh, trusting his teammates even more and just becoming more aggressive when it comes to scoring. Because sometimes he can just get in, into that mode where he's too passive, where it's just like yeah, man, yeah. you have a layup and now you're you're causing turnovers because you're too passive. And people are going to start playing him for the pass, yeah. wanting to dare him to score more. So I think that's going to be the challenge this year. They're going to play you for the pass. You got to be more aggressive when it comes to scoring.
1: Yeah, he's going to kind of kind of have to fit that mold and uh, you know just mold into a better scorer, just more confident. That's what it comes down to at the end of the day when it's scoring with his ability, because it's not like he can't score. We can see that he can score. He's just got to turn it on. The last team I wanted to kind of ask you about, I know you mentioned the Chicago Bulls. Um, I wanted to ask you about the Boston Celtics and thoughts on them coming into the season, because for the last couple of seasons, it's felt like, you know, oh, they're just running it back, you know, with that same core. They ended up moving like Al Horford. They keep moving and switching centers out. Um, they brought Al Horford back in. They got Kimball Walker out of there. Um, brought in uh, Dennis Schroeder from the, from the Lakers there. Um, <laughs> really lost out on the That's <laughs> as a, as a, as a side point, but this man really lost out. Um, what are your thoughts on the Boston Celtics getting a, a healthy Jalen Brown back this year?
0: The Boston Celtics are such a funny team because I have them at seven. They shouldn't be nowhere near seven with the talent that they have. They shouldn't. But it's the fact that nobody trusts them. We don't know what we're going to get with the Celtics because you guys have the talent. You have two of the best young players in the league. You get a solid player like Struder for the cheap. You get Al Horford back. I think they got beat a lot in the low post last year. They were like really trying to cycle in center. So shoring up the center position with Al Horford. Even though he's older now, he's still good defensively, and he can hit the outside shot. So I do think it will be an improvement for the Celtics, but the the rest of the east is still in front of you everybody has caught up so even though you have two young budding stars everybody else basically has it that's in front of you bro yeah the hawks have a whole team that's young and ready to go the sixers have Embiid, harris curry whoever they get for simmons the heat have a big three so everybody in front of you has caught up and surpassed you at this point yes. So even though you have those stars what else are we getting and i really want to see because i don't know what the coaching change does I, I knew Brad Stevens wasn't going to be the coach to put them over the top. So I want to see um, Udoka really exceed the expectation for yeah. the Celtics. I don't want them to be seventh. I really want him to really show his ass this year. So hopefully they do better, but I really don't know with the roster, bro. <laughs> I
1: really it don't. is. They're
0: like a wait-and-see team, bro. I got to wait and see what I get. Yeah, thing.
1: it really is because you, you just wonder if they've added enough, you know, from what they were last season, which – they, they got like unlucky. The
0: Who did they add? They added in and Hor- Horford. That was really it, wasn't it? They, lost they had Fournier there. last year.
1: They lost Fournier. They lost uh, Teese. They lost Yep, they did. I think they, lost, they had Tristan Thompson last year. Is he still there? Oh, no, I think he went to the Kings. Yeah, think. I'm pretty sure he left. So, I mean, those aren't huge losses, but yeah. it's also not huge additions either. I guess – if Dennis Schroeder can, like, really play to his potential, that's going to be a key for them, um, just keeping that offense open. But mm-hmm. Jason Tatum Jason Tatum, and Jalen Brown should be able to get them to the playoffs themselves. Yeah. So that's, like, the problem, right? Like, mm-hmm. the rest of the roster needs to raise them up the rankings. But what, what do you say, like, as far as, like, the East, is, there, is should these other teams even feel like they have a chance when it comes to, like, the Nets? Or do you think it's a lot more open than, say, it felt like it was last year? I mean, it ultimately was a lot more open last year than what we expected.
0: True, 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 true. But it really depends on Kyrie. It depends on what Kyrie does. If Kyrie comes back, gets the vax, and he plays in the playoffs and late in the season, the Nets are winning the championship, in my opinion. I don't think yeah. the Heat, I don't think the Bucks. I think they would have even beat the Bucs shorthanded. Like Kevin Durant was about to beat the Bucks by himself <laughs> last year, so I think if you yeah. we'll add Kyrie and a healthy Harden, obviously they can't pass the Bucks. Yeah. Man, so I think it's the Nets, the Nets, um, the Nets uh, conference to lose at this point. Yeah. But if Kyrie does not play, that opens up things because they're not the same team without him. You know what I'm saying? Everybody has two guards, even though you have the 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 depth that uh, a lot of teams don't have. Like now we're kind of matching up with you at that point. Now I'm actually yeah, giving man. the edge to the heat or to the Bucks If you don't have Kyrie Irving that somebody who can hit the clutch shot, who's going to give the buckets, uh, yeah. consistently throughout the game. And he's a, he's somebody who's been there before. He's a finals, you know, what I'm saying finals performer could have been finals MVP at one <laughs> season. So, right on. so yeah.
1: And, that, and that's the thing. Cause you kind of hit on it. There's like with Kyrie Irving available, it allows you to take a little bit of stress off of Kevin Durant, right? Mm-hmm. Like, he was ran into the dirt going head to head with Giannis and Giannis was too. It's not, you know, that's Mm -hmm. not a secret, but you just had Chris Middleton and those other guys there to kind of feed, feed in drew holidays of the world. Um, But you know, when you lose a guy like Kyrie, it just in, on top of it, James Harden was beat up too. He wasn't himself. So that's, that's like the part of me that's like, uh, we say it now, but like, If Kyrie is just out the whole season and James Harden and Kevin Durant are just playing together with this squad the whole season, they they probably still would be. I'm about to say they they still
0: most likely will win. (laughs) They're that talented. They're that talented. I'm not even gonna lie to you, but it's closer, obviously, without Kyrie Urban, but they still probably would win because most of the time when Harden and KD play it together. They were still unstoppable. And you add even more depth to the team. Like you got Patty Mills now, Paul Mills, Marcus Aldridge, Blake Griffin. Like these are older vets, but people that you didn't have a season ago. And they got Cam Thomas. Cam Thomas is a true bucket getter. So we're saying they're not going to have Kyrie. And Kyrie is a bucket. But Cam Thomas can can get get buckets. Yeah. (laughs) They they added a lot this offseason, man. Even with outside of the three stars, they added a lot.
1: It's crazy because, yeah, it did. It, once free agency hit, it felt like everybody was going to the Lakers or the Nets, and then even the Heat was in, like, that mm-hmm. third tier yeah. of, a little bit there. And I was just like, yo, how the hell do these teams – like?" and it's like all these minimum contracts, all the people are taking pay cuts. So I, my, my biggest thing was just like, how the hell are these teams affording this? Because I'm being told with every signing that goes by, the Sixers don't have enough money. Like, that's what everybody's telling me. Mm-hmm. but no we, we saw how it plays out so we got the we got the eastern conference covered um obviously the heat are going to be in the mix there we, we got that covered i want to say
0: something about the bulls too though bro i want to say something about the bulls yeah yeah definitely i want to say something about the bulls because the bulls got me excited like i said it's preseason, but i am excited to see their quote-unquote death, death death lineup which will be i think lonzo ball caruso levine DeRozan, and Patrick Williams. I think that would be their, like, their death lineup, that they can run out there and they can really match up with teams. We've seen Patrick Williams really improve himself yeah. during the summer league. He's hitting threes. He's really becoming a shot creator. And we already know what he can do on the defensive side of the ball. He's 6'8", six, 6'9". Six, he can guard one through five. You have DeRozan, who's a playmaker and scorer. You have Levine, who's a straight scorer. And then you have two the two guards that are going to be the, the key to that death lineup because yeah. they're defensively. Yes. Defensively, Lonzo Ball and Caruso can really dig into you. Yes. So I, I'm really excited to see what the Bulls become. I have them at six right now, but I wouldn't be surprised in the slightest if they got up to four because of the talent that they have on the team. You got Bucevic, you got Kobe White. Um, it was somebody else I seen earlier today that they had ended up picking up. Uh Derek Jones Jr., solid yeah. role player. Yes. So they have players that they can really move forward with this team, man. So I wouldn't be surprised in the slightest that they got up to the fourth seed.
1: I guess you know you're you're not wrong. I, I guess for me with the Chicago Bulls, the biggest thing is just waiting and seeing. You know, seeing it in the regular season, which even the regular season doesn't give you the, the true picture, but it gives you a little bit of a better idea. Um it, it comes down to how it meshes together. The coaching, yeah, it, as well. is clunky. it is clunky. <laughs> yeah, that's it. That's where it comes down. That's what it comes down to for me, is just making it all match because there's teams out there like the like the Toronto Raptors, for instance, where I don't think they're they, – I don't think they should make the playoffs, but with their coaching and their structure in that organization, the way they're, their ability to grow talent and develop talent, they're another team that just could be in the mix there because Nick Nurse sets them up for success. They have a Pascal Siakam. They they did pick up a Dragic in that trade. Mm-hmm. Um Picked up Precious, who added some depth there. You got OG Anobi there, who's turning into, um, I, I hate really? to, I don't, I, I'm trying not to like kind of overhype him, but he's turning into that all star level type of player. And you could see that type of growth from him uh, in a season without Kyle Lowry there. Um, still got Fred Van Fleet. So I'm looking at just like teams like that specifically that kind of have that stability. And then I'm looking at the Bulls. I'm like, can they build that? And, um, you know, they do have the the veteran experience there. You you mentioned guys like Caruso, even Alonzo Ball, who uh, had time to play with LeBron James. And, you know, we mm-hmm. saw them get groomed by him. Um, Caruso specifically with that championship run. And then um, DeRozan, obviously, coming from, you know, the different uh, household names such as San Antonio and then Toronto before that. But – I guess it's – I just got to see it to believe it is what I'm what I'm truly trying to get across here. <laughs> um, but, no, I, I am a believer in Levine. I, I love Levine, and it's going to be interesting to see how he can play with the multitude of talent that is now around him. Like, I don't know if he's ever played with this talented of a, of a roster. Mm-hmm. And uh, Patrick Williams will be the key, though, because that's, that's where their defensive liability comes in, right? Like, they need somebody to protect that paint, and Vucevic has never been known to be that guy. Um, who who do who starts for the Chicago Bulls? Like, does Patrick come off the bench?
0: No, I think I think he starts. I would. Ooh, I Power would have or? Lonzo.
1: I would have Lonzo,
0: Levine, DeRozan, Patrick Williams, and then, and then Vucevic. Vucevic. Yeah, that would probably be the five. And then you have Kobe White coming off the bench. Kobe yeah, White, Jones, and too. Caruso.
1: I'm not a UNC guy, but Kobe White's nice. I do fuck with him. <laughs> <laughs>
0: hey, I'm gonna have to get you on too to talk about college basketball because I, I watched something this weekend. I had watched the, the pro day of Kentucky, and Kentucky looks stacked, yeah. bro. Yeah. They brought back people from last year, and they got more young talent and grad <laughs> transfers. Kentucky looks OP, bro. <laughs>
1: always, bro. always, and uh, I I know I'm 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 a, I'm a big Duke guy, so I always keep up with Dukes. So I'll definitely hop on. We'll talk some college ball. I love getting into that as well. The last thing I want to get your your thoughts on before I get you out of here, my man, Um, Ben Simmons, right? Like, it's been the soap opera all summer. (laughs) Literally the drama. Like, it's like once we got Wentz out of Philly, then next in line is Ben Simmons. That's the next person we pick to have a drama series with. Um, So all the rumors throughout the summer, Ben Simmons wants out of Philly. Philly wants to trade Ben Simmons. This offer's been offered. We've declined. We want this, you know, this crazy offer. Um, I, I saw one from Golden State that had like the three first-round picks and Wiseman and and something, you know, just just kind of ridiculous. Um, what are your thoughts on this whole situation? Kind of, you know, even tying in Joel and in this in this in this situation. What he said about Ben Simmons, how he kind of blamed Ben Simmons for losing exactly. Jimmy Butler, who mm-hmm. now. You you now have in Miami. Nobody's to say that Jimmy Butler wasn't gonna go there anyways. That you know, that's not what I'm even getting at here, but just kind of ties in everything. What are your thoughts on Ben Simmons? Do you feel that any particular side is more at fault here? And uh why do you why do you feel that way?
0: So the biggest problem Ben Simmons did was not improve himself over the past four to five years. He's been the same player since he got into the league. He's been a defender. He's been somebody who can attack the rim. And the playoff performance in the playoffs, I fully understand why you want to trade Ben Simmons. But I do not understand why you guys are so well, – how should I say this? So upset with Ben Simmons for the comments that he's been making recently saying that he wants to get out of Philadelphia – because that's what most people do when they want to get traded. They got to bash their situation to get out. And I don't think Ben Simmons is the villain of this situation. Daryl Morey is. Morey is the villain. You could have traded Ben Simmons months ago, but you want the, the King's ransom for him, which doesn't make sense. I feel like the best trade for the Sixers should have been C.J. McCullum. They should have made that trade work months ago. But he wants to Ben Ben, uh, C.J. McCullum. and or first-round picks. It's like, what are you doing here? Just make the swap and be done with it and cut your losses. I know you paid Ben Simmons his money. I know he's somebody you built the process around. But C.J. McCollum can step into the Philadelphia team and can put Philadelphia in that top three range in the Eastern Conference, straight up, because he's that good. He's going to be an all-star for the 76ers. I don't know why that trade hasn't been done. So Maury is the villain, not Ben Simmons. And I feel like the comments made by Doc Rivers and Joel Embiid even add to why he wants to get out. Like, why would I want to come back to a situation where I get shaded by the team's leader and by the coach? Why would I want to go back to that situation (laughs) when I already know um, I should be out of here, bro? Like, Ben Simmons is not going to play another game in a Philadelphia 76 jersey. He shouldn't, because it's going to be a toxic environment with the Philly fans. We know how y'all going to feel about the situation. (laughs) He shouldn't come back. He's already tried to sell in his house and all of that. He needs to get out of there, bro. I heard reports recently that they're trying to set up some type of come-together moment where – uh, he can return to the team. That shit ain't happening, bro. He's not returning to the team. That, that's it's, it's all a money play. It's all a money play. He's just trying to get checks so he won't get fined. That's all Rich Paul is trying to get done with that whole report that came out uh, this morning. Other than that, Ben Simmons will not play a, a, for the 76ers again. But Daryl Morey has to get a trade done. The Kings have offered you. The, the Pacers had offered you. The Warriors had offered you. And you don't think anything is enough? When is it going to be enough, Daryl Morey? And that's my problem. He should have been traded months ago. Just cut your losses. And we could have moved on because I've heard you and and Phil talk about this before. Like, you guys don't even care who you get at this point. Y'all just want to to go with Ben Simmons. (laughs) That's really how Daryl Morey should be thinking because you're going to get talent for Ben Simmons. Whoever you trade him to, you're going to get talent for him. Just cut your losses and go get that talent, bro. You could have got Buddy Hill or Tyrese Halliburton from the Kings or whatever trade that was. You could have got some young players from the Golden State Warriors. You could have got D'Angelo Russell. Why aren't these moves being made? But we're blaming Ben Simmons and we're bashing Ben Simmons even more for the reports of he wants to get out of Philly when he's not the villain. Daryl Moore (laughs) is because he keeps prolonging the situation. Why are we prolonging
1: it? See, and that's it. That's that's kind of why I wanted your your perspective on this situation because you you bring a totally different perspective than what I was looking from. Because all I, you know, and maybe it's just because I'm so bitter about the way they lost in the second round. Like this man, like scored five points, like an all star player. Like mm-hmm. the conversations that I've had to have about an all star player who scores five points and shoots thirty three percent from the free throw line. But then on the other end, I have to go and, like, defend him because I need to still show that there's value there for Ben Simmons. <laughs> so, like, I'm stuck in the middle where, like, I don't want to sit here and just trash this man yeah. and then we can't get nothing for him. But at the same time, I want this motherfucker out of Philly. Like, I, I, like you, you, you said it, like, right, right in your statement there, me and Phil, me and whoever – from DSM Media, any other Philly podcasters, we've talked about this. At this point, it is gone. It's gotten so embarrassing, regardless of whose fault it is at this point, right? Like, we can blame Daryl Morey from last year when he included him in talks for Harden. Maybe that's what got him all bent up. We can blame uh, Ben Simmons for not growing as a player. It just doesn't even matter now. It, it, it doesn't even matter how it played out. And uh, the the simple truth is that we just got to move on. Like, that's that's what it comes down to.
0: The season start is two weeks, bro. And he's still not <laughs> traded. Like, that's a problem. Like, this has been going on since, what, May or June when the Sixers yeah. got eliminated? And we're still talking about this in October. Yeah. Like, I don't think that's Ben Simmons' fault that he's still in Philadelphia. <laughs> I feel like that's Daryl Morey. They could have traded him. There have this- been
1: offers on top of it you you know you you talk about like Ben Simmons and if he comes back think about if he actually plays the the storylines that are going to be spinning around Philadelphia. It's just going to be nonstop until he's out of town and you know it, it it is it's just kind of like a nuisance on the side And then on the other side of it is you want to get whatever you're getting for Ben Simmons? You want to get them in with this team as soon as possible. We're talking about a team that was a number one seed in the playoffs last year. Should have been a locked-in contender, right, like for this season. You need to get these guys acclimated in the rotation, get them comfortable with Embiid, with Tobias Harris, whoever's still on the team after that trade. So, yeah, coming from your perspective, bro, you, you kind of are switching <laughs> my view because, like, part of me does feel like this, like, bitterness of, like Ben Simmons not fulfilling my expectations for him.
0: You should feel that. You, you know what I mean? Like, feeling. You should feel that. But the feeling of, oh, he's still around and the reports that have recently been coming out that he doesn't want to be there, you shouldn't be bashing him for that because that's just trade talk. He just wants to get that so he can be traded faster. That's all that is. Yeah. I feel like he has no disrespect to Philly. He has no disrespect, but he that's just trade talk. He just wants to get out. But I think it's just best for both sides if we just go our separate ways. Because, yeah. like you said, he hasn't improved. That's Ben Simmons' fault that he has not improved over the years. That's not Philly fans. That's not Daryl Murray. That is his fault that he's not has not improved. But yeah. we could have cut our losses months ago with Ben Simmons, and we could have already got him out of town. But yeah. we're still dealing with it. It
1: doesn't Four make sense. Guys and and I'm glad that you could come on here and say this because C.J. McCollum is a guy who has been kind of shit on by the Philly fans. We got we are like so dead set on Damian Lillard, Bradley Beal. These guys aren't moving. Like, they're not. Not at all. <laughs> not at all. <laughs> like, I, you know what I mean? Like, at the yeah. beginning of the summer. Sure. I was all googly eyed on Damian Lillard as well. After you see him go through months, you see what the Portland Trailblazers put around him and he still did not demand a trade. He loves Portland. Like, that's what it comes down to. Some are loyal than others. And, um, you know, you got to kind of just move on from that thought like CJ McCollum. Sure. You can call it a consolation prize. He's still a really good player. Like all star, all star last year. <laughs> yeah, like I, and and people are shitting on him. You know, you'll you'll go out, you'll shit on Ben Simmons. The whole conundrum of the situation, but then you'll say you won't trade him for a D'Angelo Russell who comes in makes an immediate impact, positive effect. So that that it, it's. It's a big mess. It's a big and, ass. And that's has, that
0: has really been my problem over the five months that we've been talking about Ben Simmons. Cause I see you retweet everything about how you feel about the Ben Simmons situation. <laughs> and it's like, it just doesn't make sense, bro. Like <laughs> the people that you're trying to go for and the people that you guys do not want, it just does not make sense. CJ McCollum is right there. You guys do not even understand how much he'll help your team. Yeah. bro. You don't even understand how much he'll help your team. Bro. Yeah. See, McCullum, the thing, you for Russell. Come
1: on, bro. The thing about CJ McCollum too, is like, I have history with this man from Lehigh. Like, this man eliminated Duke in the NCAA tournament. Like, I know this man is a killer. I know that he can be a number one guard. Like, he's just – he's lived in – and I hate to say it that way, but he's lived in Dame's shadow for most of his career right now. So, people got to stop sleeping on that. The last thing I'm going to ask you, Quincy, and then I'm going to get you out of here, my man. If Ben Simmons is traded, where do you feel like is the best opportunity for him to kind of grow as a player and develop into what we kind of have expected from him. What would be the best opportunity if there's any? I'm
0: going to surprise you with this one, Scotty. I think Minnesota is the best place for him. But the thing about Minnesota, it's Minnesota. That, that's, really <laughs> the, that's really the problem. But the talent surrounding him in Minnesota is why I really picked that situation because you have a stretch big in Carl Anthony Towns who really yeah. doesn't want to be in the paint. You have Anthony Edwards. You have some other young pieces that you can really grow with in Minnesota, and you're going to continue to add young pieces to that team. I think Minnesota is really the place. I've heard Golden State, but I really don't like his fit with Draymond, him and Draymond. Man. I don't like them on the court at the same time. Uh, I wouldn't be opposed to the, the the Trailblazers. Like I said, these are the, the, the Timberwolves or the, the Trailblazers. Those are the two in my mind that he has to get traded to. So if it's CJ McCullum in a couple of firsts or a first that needs to happen and D'Angelo yes. Russell and whoever to get it uh, working with the, the Timberwolves, that trade, because you probably can get Patrick Beverly in that trade to yes, so yeah. a dog and Patrick Beverly. So it's the Timberwolves or the Blazers?
1: Yeah, and uh, I, I kind of agree with you just in a sense in, in general, like a small market team. Like I don't think that – Ben should go to, like, a Lakers. And and it's not really possible. I know that. But going to, like, a a team that's ready to win right now, I don't think that's the best situation for him. I think that he could use a a season or two just growing as a player, missing the playoffs maybe, but just getting those regular season reps and kind of, like, exploring his game and what it is in the NBA. Because with a team like the Sixers, you're just not getting that. We're ready to go and compete for a championship right now. We don't have time for you to figure out your game. That's why I even thought, like, OKC, okay, send him out there in the middle of nowhere and, like, <laughs> let this man work on his game. Because I'm still – I'm I'm high on Ben Simmons, man. It's me all too. Uh, Honestly, I think it's all Because mental. a lot
0: of people say he can't be a, a first option, and it's just, like, something in me still says he can be a, a, a number two at least, bro. Yeah. At least a number two on a good team. Like, yeah. what we've seen with the Sixers – I don't know if the Sixers – have been holding him back, or they haven't pushed him enough. I don't know what's there, or he hasn't pushed himself enough. I don't know what has been there, that he hasn't improved his game at all. Because we see in all of these highlights, he's shooting jumpers, and come the season, he never shoots. Like, it it never makes sense to me, bro. So maybe when he plays with Dame, Dame can pull something out of him that the Sixers organization just hasn't. Maybe they just babied him too much. Maybe somebody with the Timberwolves or somebody with the Sacramento Kings or the Golden yeah. State. I don't know. Maybe they could pull something out of him that wasn't pulled out of him in uh, Philadelphia.
1: And that's that's what's crazy about the whole situation is because most great NBA players, you, you're not even talking about this. Like who's going to pull it? You know, having to yeah, pull yeah, yeah. something true, out true, of true. a great player, <laughs> it's, it's crazy. It, it shouldn't It shouldn't work like that, but this is where we are. Um, but yeah, I, I think part of the issue with uh, with Simmons and Embiid, I just think he kind of looks at Embiid as the number one when he should have never viewed it like that. He should have viewed himself as the same level as Embiid to where he just defers. Like he, you'll see him like forcing the ball down to Embiid in the post, and it's like you're not even trying to do anything on offense. Nobody's guarding you for a jump shot, like, and it just it kind of spiraled downhill like throughout the five, four or five years that he's been in Philly. It just has not fit, but. We'll leave it at that, Quincy. Thank you so much for joining the show, my man. I appreciate you taking the time. Um, definitely got some good quality content. Got some inside scoop on the Heat, so I will be keeping my eyes on the Miami Heat this season. Uh, we'll definitely catch up again. Uh, on, maybe even on the same show on your show, whatever the case may be. We'll catch up, um, get down into the middle of the NBA season. But um, before I let you go, if you want to just go ahead and plug your Q and E podcast, Q and E Media. Plug it all again for my listeners, my followers. Let them know where you're at.
0: Man, appreciate you having me on, though. This is a fun conversation. I'm glad the season gonna come back. I'm probably gonna have you on. We're gonna talk about preseason predictions, like we did last year. So we're gonna do the same thing. It's a similar type of thing from last year. But Q and E podcast. So Q A N D E podcast on Instagram. Q E podcast one on Twitter and for Q and E media is Q A N D E media and Q E media on Twitter. Y'all follow us, y'all support. We got the website going out with uh, Q and E media. Like, like I said before, we talk about sports, entertainment, current events. We starting to get into more personal introspective stuff. Uh, I had somebody who wrote about, um, vulnerability, in, a, in an article this past week, trying to get more introspective, talk about mental health. That's becoming a more broad topic. So we are tapping into all that, man. So definitely get involved in the website. The website is qandemedia.com. That's media.com. Scotty, appreciate you having me on, my brother.
1: Of course, my brother. Thank you for coming on. That is Quincy Hicks at Q underscore Hicks three on Twitter. I am Scotty, the host at Scotty Drowned on Twitter Make sure to tap into DSM Media at DSM underscore media on Twitter. You'll find in our link tree all of our links to the social media platforms, podcast platforms, as well as YouTube and our merch site. Thank you once again to Quincy. And I want to say,
0: say this before yeah. we go, man, because I've seen y'all grow with D- uh, DSM Media. The shit has been rapid. <laughs> I've seen the, <laughs> the rapid growth, man, and I, I just really support the grind that y'all got going on, all y'all shows, the, the consistency of it, man. Y'all drop three shows in a day. I'm trying to get like y'all when it comes to the media, man. I'm trying to be more active, and I, yeah. I really aspire, and I love what y'all are doing with how y'all are so interactive, how y'all active, how, how y'all got the show set up. I aspire to be like that, man. So Yeah. You, you, you showing me love, but I got to show y'all love, man, because y'all keep me grinding at the same time. You know what I'm saying? It's no competition, but it's all love, and I love what y'all got going on.
1: I appreciate that, bro, more than you know. I know the rest of my counterparts at DSM Media appreciate it. Definitely stay in touch, bro. Um, I know I got your number before the show, but definitely stay in touch. We can always bounce ideas, talk about stuff, figure things out, collab, whatever you want to do. Oh, for sure. definitely, definitely appreciate me, that, though, Quincy. I appreciate you, bro. No problem,
0: bro. Appreciate you.
1: All right, guys, that's going to be it for this episode of Scotty Talks NBA. Until next time, thank you guys for tuning in. Peace.